in a world where options are limitless, but time is not. Two heroes take a stand against injustice and overwhelming viewing choices. Starring Jane Ellen. I don't see how the human race survived the medieval period. And Adam Cravens. A lot of them didn't. This is Binge or Cringe. A podcast that lets you know what's worth watching and what's not. From the Hinson Oakley Podcast Center and Rock 93.7. Hello and welcome to Binge or Cringe. I'm Jane Ellen. And I'm Adam Cravens. I have been doing my best to binge for you. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate somebody picking up my slack. Started on Crackle, season three, maybe? Maybe it's more. But Seinfeld's Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, new season is out on Netflix. Is this the one where he's with Eddie Murphy? Yes. Okay, interesting sidebar to that. Apparently, Netflix is trying to throw an enormous amount at Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm to do a stand-up special. Oh, see, they talked about how he doesn't do it anymore. Well, uh, okay, if you have never seen Delirious or uh-huh. Raw or, like, his his uh, Saturday Night Live stuff in the, the mid-'80s, like, Eddie Murphy is a brilliant stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. He hasn't done it in, like, 30 years. I, mm-hmm. Like, I don't know the exact number, but I'm, I'm not far off with that. And I, I think Netflix, especially with all of their kind of like borrowed content going away. Do, do you know what like a golden goose getting an Eddie, a new mm-hmm. Eddie Murphy stand-up special would be? Oh, it would be amazing. And the conversations that Seinfeld has on these shows is always intriguing, much like the ones that Letterman has on his Netflix show. Seinfeld likes to talk to comedians or people who he just genuinely finds to be funny. You might not know them. But they are famous in some way, but he finds them interesting because he likes the way the minds of comedians work. And their conversations are not necessarily joke, 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 but oh my, it's entertaining. You want to you want to be a fly on the wall for these guys. Yes. I mean, honestly, like Seinfeld didn't go that route, but like if he had been the guy that got, you know, the Tonight Show or if CBS had a gobbled him up or instead of like Kimmel, they get Seinfeld. I'm just saying like. This guy is entertaining enough, like, Mm -hmm. he could have, he happened to have, like, one of the most successful TV shows of all time. But I I don't think that's the only area that Seinfeld could have ever done if he wanted to be successful. And, like, the thought of him doing... It's not. It's not a talk show, but I guess it's it's the closest parallel I can it's, draw to it. it it's it's so, a great idea. So well done. He, yeah, he loves cars, but not in a weird Jay Leno way. And the cars that he brings in are some of them I've just never even knew existed. So it's cool the way they're presented. They they some of them probably don't exist anywhere else. Yeah. Like I've seen like the checks he was making for the last season of Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. He he's probably got a lot of stuff literally. No one else has. Mm-hmm. So one of my favorite moments, he was talking to Martin Short. And in Comedians with Cars getting coffee, part of it is they're driving around. Sometimes they'll go to like the neighborhoods where they grew up, things like that. Sometimes they'll go out to eat other than coffee. And they went out to a diner. And it's him sitting across from Martin Short. And you just see them eating. And so Martin Short says, so... um." So we're not talking at this point in your show. We're just, he goes, nope, just eating. <laughs> it's just, 
<laughs> again, stuff that you would not like if you were watching, you know. The, so I don't need to say anything funny right now? Nope. Just <laughs> Oh, just oh. filler, buddy. And then in another one, and uh who was it? Was maybe it was Martin Short, but the the person he was talking to said, "I feel the need that these guys here, the crew, needs to be entertained and I, I it must have been during that conversation i need to entertain that you know the grip and the cameraman and all that and he goes jerry don't you feel that and he goes nope <laughs> he said they're not the money he said in the lens that's the money these guys nah <laughs> he's right it doesn't matter if the cameraman thinks jerry seinfeld's funny or not and i mean and honestly that's the kind of bits you would not get if yes. this was a a yes. regular network talk show like Seinfeld again like if you've followed any his stand up's great his mm-hmm. show is great like i mean honestly like he's just he's one of those people like i would like i i, I would just like a live stream from his mm-hmm. mind like have he you is seen just, the Ricky Gervais one from this uh, from this no no i have not <laughs> all i'm going to say I, is another person i would love to have a live stream from their mind all i'm going to say is china maybe they're having a conversation. I genuinely, in my head, said pretty much the same thing. And then Jerry actually says those words, China maybe. It's only funny once you hear the setup. And then Ricky Gervais starts to laugh because he said, are you going to keep that in? Because he said, I thought of it. But then I thought, no, I'm not going to say that because that's just too politically incorrect. <laughs> so they call the episode China maybe. It's so deliriously funny. And especially since I also thought that, it's so funny. It it feels a lot like something that would appear in an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yes. And it which makes sense because Larry David, who is one of the like an enormous influence on the show Seinfeld, mm-hmm. that is his show, which he wrote and basically Larry David is more or less the reason you didn't get another season of it because he said i don't want to do it he goes mm-hmm. i don't i can't i can't make another season like the seasons we're doing and like seinfeld believed enough in larry david he's like oh well if this guy's out like i'm not let's five million an episode would be great but i this mm-hmm. this is the guy that like since episode one has you know done the episode one of the show not star yeah. wars episode one i love 60 something jerry seinfeld i I actually think he is funnier now because he has more insight and just. Well, and I mean, he also he doesn't have to please like the right. network affiliates like like if Jerry Seinfeld did say something that was on PC and somebody didn't like it at this point. China, maybe. I, I, J- Jerry Seinfeld is probably real close to being a billionaire. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, if you don't like it, sure, go ahead. Just don't like me. I'll be swimming in my Scrooge McDuck style mm-hmm. money bin. He, yes. he he doesn't have to answer to anybody at this point. He doesn't have to say something that like might get NBC in trouble. Really, Jerry Seinfeld does things because he wants to do things. Mm-hmm. Not because he has to, not because he needs to pay the bills, not because like the kids need to eat. He does it really because like like stand up. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to do stand up. He does stand up because that's what he wants mm-hmm. to do. So it was uh, interviewing Jamie Foxx where I just didn't realize how many impersonations Jamie Foxx can do. And they're superb. 
was not expecting a Robert Downey Jr. impersonation from Jamie Foxx that is just as good as Mark Hamill's impersonation of Harrison Ford. They need to get all of them together and do a movie where they play those, like, you have um, Jamie Foxx as Robert Downey Jr., as whatever character Mm -hmm. it is, and have Mark Hamill as Harrison Ford as whatever character you want to do in the movie. Like, I'm going to tell you right now, a Harrison Ford, Robert Downey Jr. movie, I'm I'm in. I don't even care what it's about. But if you're having a Mark Hamill... Um, Jamie Foxx movie as these characters Even better. as this movie. I don't care if it's a buddy cop movie. I I don't care if it's a coming of age tale uh, of like childhood wonder. I'm in. It- so he he had to go to I think Louisiana to see Jamie Foxx, and uh, so they're talking about all the Creole this and that. And Jamie Foxx was using a little more colorful language, but he says, you know, I don't need all this extra stuff. Just give me the chicken. And it that that was just a little bit of the funny. But what really struck me as funny, he was in Django Unchained. And he has kids of different ages. So he said his four-year-old was on the set when they were filming it. And she was like, yay, daddy, more blood. So he said his four-year-old was entertained like that. But they filmed on, I guess, an actual plantation for some yeah. of it. And so he had his, I want to say, teenage daughter or maybe two teenage children of his. And he, you know, as a parent was saying, you know, many of our ancestors and people we know, their ancestors, this was their life on a plantation. I mean, take this in. So he was giving them a teachable moment. But he said instead, his daughter has her phone out doing hashtag plantation life, plantation living. (laughs) It just, it was hilarious. So, which again, it probably is something that, I mean, honestly, maybe even in 2019 would have got kind of expunged. But like, you can't ignore things that did. Mm-hmm. A- like, do do we like that that happened? No, I, no. I I don't think anybody is going to say that they're glad that happened. Now, did it happen? Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, and if you're going to sit, if you're going to sit something in the 1960s, like Mad Men, like there's a reason why like Don Draper isn't like all about like inclusion and diversity. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's a man of the 60s and. That wouldn't fly. It, I don't even think that would have flew in the 90s. I'm just mm-hmm. saying. But if you're going to set a, a something period and do it appropriate, that's the way people behaved. It's mm-hmm. it's not OK. Maybe maybe they learn that that's not OK in it. But uh, again, like if you're shooting something in the 1880s or 1860s, mm-hmm. there there is a difference to life in the year 2019. Right. And the fact that she was all and to see him imitating his daughter making, you know, duck lips and going hashtag plantation life is so genuinely funny. So if you're not watching comedians in cars getting coffee, you should be. Well, uh, Fox was in he was in in living color, was he not? Am I remembering that right? I know he was on a a show. I didn't really watch In Living Color. I want to say maybe it was on when I was in school or something. I just wasn't. It was. I'm just saying, like, we're so far removed from that. Like, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people, when they think of Jamie Foxx, they either think of Django or maybe Ray. Mm -hmm. Like, they think of actor Jamie Foxx. But, like, back in the day, like, this guy was funny. Like, I mean, In Loving Color was essentially, like, you know, parallel to Mm -hmm. Saturday Night Live. There's a lot. Jim Carrey was on on that. Like Jamie Foxx does a Dave Chappelle the fact that you're telling me that that Jamie Foxx was funny, like I have 
absolutely <laughs> no trouble <laughs> believing at all. Watch literally any season of In Living Color, and it will it will back up that mm-hmm. fact. So that's one thing you need to binge. You're listening to Binge or Cringe, brought to you by Hinson Oakley Family Dentistry. We are high atop the podcast center. Jane Allen talking with Adam Cravens about what is worth watching. And, you know, we take a lot of time to make sure we watch stuff for you. We do. A lot. Be it, so, be it, be it a film, be, mm-hmm. it, be it a television show. There is a new show on which Netflix keeps telling me I want to watch. But this time, instead of just showing me a trailer, they have a new approach and it's a behind the scenes with one of the leads. It's like, hey, this is so-and-so. Here we are doing this, doing that. It's like, well, isn't that clever? I'm really waiting for the point that, like, whenever it senses your finger is over the play button, it mm-hmm. moves it to the point and it tricks you into pressing play for Like, I think Netflix is about to, like, just, they're going to start tricking you into just being like, ha, oh, you played it. Ha, now you're watching it. Oh, for, we're, uh-huh. we're, we're frozen up. You're going to have to watch it. Oh, wait, they've watched it 10 minutes. Okay. Yeah, let them have control of their phone again. Well, uh, this is called Another Life, and it is a science fiction type of TV show. And I have only seen part of the first episode because it's all I had time for. But I love where it's headed. So we've all seen the uh, five-year mission on a spaceship. What's going to happen? You know. Space station. Yeah. Is there going to yeah. be a bad guy alien? Pirates, space pirates, whatever. The way this one's going is it very cleverly starts out with a YouTuber about to, who you hate immediately. You're thinking, oh, that's the lead character? <sighs> hope something falls on it. I don't, I don't want to say that I hate all YouTubers. But you'd hate most of them. Yeah. But I, there's a lot of them, like yeah, really 98% do. of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so she's about to start her broadcast, and then something happens. And you see what – is it in Chicago or is it in Boston? I think it's in Chicago. There's this sculpture that's twisty. Is that Chicago? It, imagine That's, a twisty oval. Twisty statue. Is that Chicago? I'm like, now that's the or, Windy City. Wait, it could be Boston. Uh, it's, bears? Bears? It's uh, twisty. Bulls? Bulls? Imagine you've taken a donut, you've elongated it, and then you've twisted it. So it's not quite a butter twist because there's sort of a hole in the middle. You kind of twisted it. It's a twisty thing. There's some sculpture somewhere in some city that is not national. And we're going we're gonna to call it Chicago. Sure. <laughs> Why not? It's a, it's a city. It's twisty. Okay, so there's this floating twisty sculpture in the air, and it drops. Of course, it doesn't land on anything important. And then three months later, we see the actual main character. It didn't drop on the YouTuber that I'm aware of. Like, I, I think when you say the word YouTuber, I think it's like if you would have ter- told a very conservative, like, father in the 1950s, oh my goodness. if his son had been like, Dad, I want to be an interpretive dancer. Mm-hmm. Like, that, when, you, when, when I hear my boys be like, I want to be a YouTuber, I think that's, that's similar to the, the, the amount of inner turmoil that 1950s dad would have thought of just being like, interpretive. I was right. It is in Chicago, and it's called the Cloud Gate. I knew there was a twisty thing in Chicago. See? Look, it's twisty. 
Sure. Yes, I believe you. I'm showing him. I believed you I know then. You can't see it. Well, I wasn't quite sure. Okay. For, for an audio-only podcast, we really do a lot of visual things. We do. Okay. Now, when I actually look at this, it just looks like a bean. But imagine it's actually twisty and in space, and it falls to Earth. So there you go. Looks a lot like the ship from Flight of the Navigator. Yeah, it's not. Anyway, but it is Chicago. Chicago. Ditka. <laughs> so, you have this couple. They're both sciency. They have a kid. She wants to. It's all. The next scene is all exposition, and she has to go and captain this ship because so and so is too hot headed. But you trained him. I know. That's why I know he's not right for the job. Six months later, why am I awake? So that's what's happened. And she's with the hot-headed guy who's probably hot. I don't know. He hasn't woken up yet. Here's the deal. They send a crew out on what's supposed to be a six-month mission. Because the artifact, as they're calling it, the Twisty Chicago sculpture, came from aliens and has been sending out signals. And they've tracked where they think the signals are being sent to. But no one's approached them, no alien thing. They don't know what the signals say, and so they decide to send out a crew to find out if, uh, hey, are you going to hurt us or not? We're from Earth. For what? First contact. They talk about uh, going at impulse speed. They have first contact. And I'm wondering, did Star Trek just decide whenever we do space, we're going to do impulse, first contact, M-class planet? Again, M-class planets aren't real. First contact is, I think, impulse speed is. Okay. But, I mean, keep in mind, like, at this point, like, even if you have not, you have not exhaustively watched every episode of Star Trek. Like we have. Those those terms are part of the cultural lexicon. Like, my mother, who has probably only seen the episodes of Star Trek as she was walking into my mm-hmm. my bedroom, like, as a child, like, she saw it that way. If I say, beam me up, Scotty, to somebody, they're not just going to stare at me blankly. Even if you haven't seen that, you still know that. Like, And I think Star Trek has kind of permeated itself enough into the, the heads of pretty much everybody mm-hmm. it, it, that's part of, like, you know, civilized, the, the civilized world that you can say stuff like impulse. Like, basically, they've set up the standard. More people probably know about Star Trek than they do about the real Moon landing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I believe that. So the idea is the captain has been awakened earlier because where they thought they were going, they made a mistake because it was an optical illusion in space. So they really have to go further. So it's not three months out, three months back. So there's that happening. So we have the the guy who is too hot-headed to be the captain the captain, who is the woman, who is, I guess, older than hot-headed guy. Why can't he go? He can't handle the truth. Oh, sorry. Anyway, so they're on their way to find aliens. And then, of course, you've got the whole home thing with her, and she's going to miss her kid. It's like five, six, I don't know, under the age of 12. Speaking of not handling the truth, have you seen the preview for Top Gun Maverick? I have not. Oh, my. It, it is it is so del- – It like, it celebrates the 80s in the most fant- – like – I'm not even a, like a just I'm not a diehard fan of Top Gun, mm-hmm. but I'll tell you, like, ag- again, like seeing cr- like they're basically giving you the greatest hits of that movie, but filmed in a new way. And I think Tom Cruise is actually flying the jets like 
somewhere somebody told him, if you don't try to murder yourself, uh-huh. people aren't going to come see your movies. And he's like, what? Well, I'm not having that. Exactly. I will. I will try to kill myself every day if that's what it takes. As and he, he jumped he up and probably, down on his couch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I found it interesting that they're trying a different approach in what is the standard sci-fi trope of aliens. What do they want from us? Are they good? Are they bad? They'll probably be both. I don't know if we'll ever get there. So far, we've gone six months, and it only took like 10 minutes. But an interesting turn of events. The aliens haven't quite come to Earth, so we're going to go meet them, or maybe meet them halfway. This feels a lot like the plot to Contact. Yes. Okay. All right. Yes, Let's it make does. sure I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. It does. And so there there are many things of it you'll find familiar. What does Carl Sagan know about sci-fi? I know. Silly Carl. Uh, I haven't seen enough to say whether I love it, but I have seen enough in that, first of all, it's science fiction, so it interested me there. But second of all, how are they going to make this different from every other science fiction property I'm familiar with? Which, that yeah. I'm curious about. And we'll give it one to two episodes to make me want to actually devote time. That sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? Well, I'm going to give it two hours of my life to decide if I like it or not. <laughs> well, that's, that's why we exist. So, so sometimes people don't have to do that. We take yeah. the bullet for them. So it, it is very, very dark, as in you may have to adjust your TV to see it. It's one of those. You, you and I are Kevin Costner's bodyguard. Like yeah. Two to to terrible television. Yeah, yeah, we are. We are. We are. To the people. So, uh, yeah, first contact, man. And I find it all just vastly interesting because I see it as you do. I see all through things sci-fi through our sci-fi Bibles right, written I mean, by like, Roddenberry and Lucas. Like and you so, lin- or maybe even to a, like a lesser degree, like the, what is it, the 04 Battlestar Galactica. Like mm-hmm, you've mm-hmm. got, you've got your... Your, 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 your essentials, your gospels, if yes, you will, of yes. sci-fi. And so where is this one going to fit in? Is it worthy? I don't know. Or is it apocryphal? Uh, do, we, do, we, do we cast it out? We don't know yet. How much are they going to have, uh, you know, on Earth? How much it's... Because, again, the, the sci-fi, we're in a spaceship type of thing. They do have the lovely hum. I appreciate that because it's soothing. But... It's basically a courtroom drama. They're just in that one place. They're always in that one place. They're in this enclosed room. They're in this spaceship. Well, here's the other thing about sci-fi. It ain't cheap. You mm-hmm. shoot that thing the wrong way, like you can jack your budget up real good. Mm-hmm. Real, like what was it, a Terra Nova on Fox? Like reasonably good show, but like even when I saw the preview for it, I was like, so you're going to put dinosaurs on television every week. That's going to be expensive. Um, mm-hmm. And if you if you keep putting that in the preview, people are going to expect dinosaurs. And if Steven Spielberg's can't do it for cheap, you can't either, especially mm-hmm. on a television budget. Yeah. So it intrigues me, and that's really all I have to say. What I, I just see scenes from so many other movies as I watch it that I just don't know yet if it has its own groove or not? I think it's hard to be a genre show at this point and not be informed by what came before you. Like mm-hmm. when in you know the 1950s, 
like when television was still relatively young. Like you could do something new. You could do something groundbreaking at the point that like we've television has existed in, in large popularity for what, 80, 80 years mm-hmm. now, something like that. I mean, how, how do you not retell a story that's, I mean, maybe, maybe it wasn't received as well the first time they tried to do it, but I, I have a hard time really going out there and saying, I've never seen anything like this on te- Like mm-hmm. sometimes you do get kind of something out there that you're just like, wow, somebody found an original way to do this. Sometimes you're just finding an original way to tell an old story, but it, especially science fiction and science fiction. I mean, if you just look at Star Trek alone, you've got what, 700 some odd episodes. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't even think that's counting like the newer stuff on CBS all access. Like how are you not going to be redundant in science fiction even if you're if you're just looking at the Star Trek shows, exactly. It's just how do you how do you do a television western without without like copying something that they did eight times in the 1950s or 1940s? It intrigues me. So I hope that it is well worth my time. But if it isn't, I'll just give it two hours. Uh, so far, I can say it looks good. Does it look different and innovative? Not yet. But I kind of, even even when a movie's bad, except for Mars Attacks, one of the worst films I've ever seen and still want my life back, thank goodness I got to see it free. Who, who knew? I know. But Nicholson, uh, Nicholson and Burton just cash money in yeah, Batman. but no. Nicholson and Burton in Mars Attacks. But I, I guess that's what happens when you base a movie on a set of, like, collectible cards. Yeah. So I don't know if it's going to be... If the drama behind it all is going to be that interesting yet, so are, we shall see. Are we are we ever going to talk about Star Trek Picard? Not yet. All right. All right. Not. Do we, do we have to wait till it actually drops? Mm, do we have an air date? I it's uh, early. Uh, so not this year. Er, yes, early twenty twenty. Yeah. You have to wait. I'm just if you haven't already seen the trailer for it, like. Patrick Stewart's not getting any younger and much in the same way that like we needed those Hobbit movies to be made Mm -hmm. before Ian McKellen like passed on to be Ian McKellen the white Patrick Stewart is what 79 Mm -hmm. at this point like he's he's still pretty spry for a man who's about to be 80 but like I don't feel like in in 30 years we're, we're going to get to see what else he's up to right and like that man's a treasure a treasure mm hmm. So, yeah, I'm very excited about that. Very much so. All right. So that's it. Your binge and or your cringe. Uh, a potential cringe, but also potential. a potential binge. Yeah. And, of course, comedians in cars getting coffee just steeped in hilarity and deliciousness. Well, I mean, the names alone on that cast really should. I, I mean, if, if you cannot get what Jamie Foxx, Eddie Murphy and Jerry Seinfeld, if you can't wring some comedy out of that, mm-hmm. like your shooting style is broken. Mm-hmm, very much so. So thank you for listening. I'm Jane Ellen. And I'm Adam Cravens. Binge or Cringe, starring Jane Ellen and Adam Cravens, is a Hinson Oakley Podcast Center production. Listen to new or past podcasts anytime at rock937online.com.